Welcome to The Strategic Investor. Join us as we interview some of the world's most productive asset managers and uncover sophisticated and unique investment strategies in the markets. Here is your host, Charlie Wright. Hello and welcome to Strategic Investor Radio on OC Talk Radio, where we bring you investment strategies you are not hearing elsewhere. We'd like to welcome, for the very first time on our show, Brett Owens. He runs a research firm publishing research on investing for income, and two of, uh, of those services are the Contrarian Outlook and Hidden Yields. He speaks to us from their headquarters, a very hot and smoky place these days, Sacramento, California. Brett, welcome to Strategic Investor Radio. Thank you, Charlie. Thanks for having me. So first of all, are you safe from the fires here? We are safe. Thanks for asking. Yeah, we're, we're a couple hours away. The smoke, though, it's a little unpleasant, so definitely better time to stay indoors this week if you have the uh, chance although just did uh, walk my dog in, in, in the morning so that's the way to do it if you got to get out uh, a little cleaner in the morning you know brett um, typically we're interviewing people in uh, new york and washington dc and san francisco and boston and chicago those kind of places haven't interviewed many people in sacramento so we'd like to ask you to clean up the place while you're there will you it definitely okay, needs some direction got- and help here We'll try to drain it for you. Sure. Yeah, yeah, thanks. So, Brett, uh, you uh, started out in Buffalo, New York, and uh, having been to Buffalo one time, uh, no question about why you left. And uh, you uh, went to Cornell University in uh, engineering. Uh, you have uh, an expertise in software, which, of course, has a great parallel to investing. And your focus is on the research of what we could call cash flow investing or income investing. Now, this is not income investing at 2 to 3% of dividends like the S&P 500. This is income investing in other income-oriented kinds of investments, always looking to create a stable price action as well. So let's start with a little background of yours here, Brett. Sure, Charlie. So as you mentioned, grew up in uh, Buffalo, New York. My uncle actually took probably the best job in Buffalo. He runs the Chicken Wing Festival, which he started 15, 16 years ago. So with that job taken, I had to, did have to go on and uh, find something else to do with my life, as you mentioned. So wandered over to uh, Cornell University. So I did my undergrad there, operations research and industrial engineering. Then I floated out to the West Coast after school. Uh, took a job with uh, GE, I guess you could say I learned, maybe learned some creative accounting uh, skills back in the uh, uh, 2000, uh, early 2000 time frame. Then headed to San Francisco, got involved in some software startups, uh, started a couple of my own companies, and then in parallel I've been active on the investing side as well, doing everything from uh, sugar futures, corn futures, uh, to today we're uh, focused more on uh, dividends, creating income, as you mentioned, for people who have worked and saved most of their lives, all their lives, have a pile of money and are now rolling out of the workforce or preparing to roll out of the workforce and trying to figure out how to turn that pile of money into a steady paycheck that they can draw on uh, for the rest of their lives and hopefully do it using dividends so they don't have to stare at uh, CNBC all day or stare at their tickers and worry that they're not going to have enough money to make it through their retirement years. Uh, You know, Brett, you mentioned sugar and corn. Let me put in a little plug. A few weeks ago, we had a great interview uh, with... um Sal, uh, I can't remember Sal's last name, but he is a great guy. He's out of Connecticut. And 
No, not Sal Bruno, but that was a, another interview. But uh, 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 Sal, uh, a great Italian guy, and just a, a great interview, great guy. And he's got uh, several ETFs uh, where they invest in uh, uh, corn and sugar and wheat and then kind of a combination of, of some things. So I'd recommend you go back and listen to those. Sal really knows what he's talking about. Great background in the industry. And for any of our listeners, uh, you know, corn and, and, and sugar and wheat offer great great opportunities for investing and especially these days because the prices have been depressed but now with uh, what's happening with trade wars etc all bets are off so uh, we'd recommend that you and others uh, go back and listen to that interview with Sal it's probably a half a dozen plus back and uh, very very interesting so uh, uh, tell us about uh, why you focus on what we could call cash flow or uh, investing for income investing sure what we're trying to do with our income with our cash flow is provide uh, again investors who have a portfolio they've uh, accumulated some savings some money some capital over the years whatever you want to call it so they got a pile of money and what they're trying to do now uh, now the challenge is to turn that pile of money into some sort of steady income stream but also make it be a sustainable income stream uh, if you're preparing for retirement, you're 55, 60, 65 uh, years old, 70 years old. These days, uh, odds are you're, you're going to live a, a long time, and that's, a, that's good news. Uh, but it does present the challenge then of having this, uh, these savings that uh, do need to sustain you for you know, perhaps uh, two, three, two, three more decades. So that's what, that's what we're focusing on, Charlie, is turning some sort of pile of money or savings into a meaningful income stream and also doing it, as you alluded to earlier, uh, doing it without having to, be, having to be a rich guy already. So if you're looking to live off of uh, the dividends, the S&P 500, these blue chips, on average, they don't even pay 2%. So if you're putting your money into uh, the S&P index, hoping to live off of uh, dividends alone. If you have a million dollars, it's only getting $18,000 a year. So you're going to have to get a job maybe at your local coffee shop to supplement. That's not enough dividend income uh, to make it meaningful. So take some sort of a, a modest portfolio and turn that into a meaningful income stream. That's where we got to look at the five, six, seven, eight percent yields uh, and turn those into use that to fund our uh, income uh, stream, our cash flow, as you mentioned. So, so tell us, Brett. Well, we all know the need is there. There's no question about that. With high yield bonds, uh, you know, uh, uh, paying out five and a half percent, and uh, you know the the Barclay Ag paying out three and a half percent in dividends, etc. Why do you think people should consider this? Where's the comfort level that you have that you could maybe pass on to them? I think for the comfort level, you have to look for some sort of edge or some sort of value that you're getting out of it. So you mentioned the high yield stuff. You look at the high yield ETFs, or you could look at something like a preferred stock ETF. So preferred shares, people aren't familiar, are going to be shares. And and a lot of the companies that you already know, so it could be the big financial companies like Bank of America, JP Morgan, or Wells Fargo. Uh, In addition to issuing their common shares, which might only pay 2-3%, they might issue preferred stock, which doesn't have the upside of a common 
share of stock, but it's going to pay 5 or 6%. So one option is you could buy an ETF of preferred shares. You can mix that with your high yield bucket and get about a 5 to 6% yield. So again, if we're taking that round number uh, out of a million dollar portfolio, going to generate about fifty to $60,000 in income. Now, is that the best way to do it? I found it's not quite, It's you're on the right track there, but these quote-unquote passive strategies are not ideal when it comes to uh, high income. The, the big problem with passive in the bond market, Charlie, it works fine for stocks where you say, hey, we're just going to buy the bigger stuff, so we own more Apple. Apple's a good company. Apple's products are being used, so we own more Apple. That's not necessarily a bad thing in terms of indexing stocks. When it comes to bonds, now we're buying the most we're buying the most debt of the high, most highly indebted companies. So it's a little bit of uh, not really what we want to be doing when we're looking at passive strategies for bonds. So we want to be smarter about that and not necessarily just saying, hey, here's a formula. I want the most bonds of the, of the companies that are issuing the most debt. That's not necessarily the best way uh, to do it in the high-yield uh, high world. Well, yeah, and especially since they don't pay diddly squat anyway. So, uh, the, you know, the, there are about a half a dozen different categories of investments, as you are well aware, uh, that pay higher than normal dividends. And as you just mentioned, some of them are significantly higher nor- than normal dividends. Which ones of those categories do you guys focus on? We like real estate investment trusts as one, also known as REITs. Uh, REITs are tax-advantaged from a... Basically, they have to pay most of their income to investors as dividends, and it lets them get out of paying uh, taxes to the government. So that's their that's their deal. So they usually yield. They deliver outsized yields because they make money, and then they dish most of it out in dividends. So that's a good place to find higher than normal yields. REITs usually they typically yield more than usual stocks. The REIT. Uh, ETF, the popular one, VNQ, will usually pay over 4%. And then if you're cherry-picking, you can find uh, good REITs that are paying 5 6 7% uh, or more. So that's one good area to look at. Another uh, vehicle that we like are closed-end funds or CEFs. These are similar to mutual funds in terms of that they have active managers. They tend to focus on niches that... You can do better having a manager who knows what he's doing. So, for example, there are CEFs that focus on municipal or muni bonds. These are excellent ways to get exposure to tax-efficient yields that are uh, 5% or better. Uh, the CEFs have a couple of advantages. One is that they get access to cheap money so they can juice their returns a little bit. They also get the first phone call on muni deals. So while it might be painful for you or I, Charlie, to build our own municipal bond portfolio, we can instead just buy a CEF. You buy it like you would any stock. So that's another way to get some outsized uh, yields than you would other see, uh, otherwise see if you're just scanning the usual cast of characters uh, in terms of the blue chip stocks. You know, I've noticed, uh, Brett, uh, uh, a couple of things about these. Uh, one is that in reading Barron's Magazine, which I've done for years, comes out every Saturday, and uh, I read it religiously. And up until recently, they had for the past couple of years or for some period of time an interview with a big investment advisor. Okay, somewhere who manages hundreds of millions to billions of dollars in big urban areas, etc. And uh, these folks always try to tout, of course, they're in Barron's Magazine, you can't blame them. They try to tout uh, their expertise. And the expertise that they tout almost 100% of the time is in the equity area. And yet when you look at the 
total portfolio allocation, uh, they're investing 25, 30, maybe 35% into fixed income, and they almost never talk about what they're doing in fixed income. And it's almost always, well, we put so much in municipals, so much in corporates, you know, a little in high yield or something, and they're getting paid, you know, 3 and 4%. So what is your experience in working with advisors trying to convince them, hey, folks, there are alternatives here that can easily pay substantially more, double, sometimes triple what you are already getting in fixed income, and, and how do I get your attention here? Sure, so I may be biased because the advisors that I uh, chat with, Charlie, are those like yourself who are ahead of the curve and get it, and they want to be providing this strategy uh, to their clients. So going to a story on uh, one of my uh, friend's advisors who's also a uh, reader, he was telling me a story that he had a client come to him, nice grandmother. She brought him $387,000. She said, can you make it last 10 years? I want to take out $3,000 a month, do it for 10 years, and then um, I'm good. I don't need any money at the end of that. So what he did is he put her into a portfolio of the types of uh, equities and income funds that we just talked about. So some, some REITs, some CEFs, uh, picks that we have in our uh, contrarian income report portfolio that you mentioned earlier. And what we're doing there is getting uh, his uh, nice grandmother client, a nice blended yield in that seven plus percent range. So our goal is to be able to provide uh, that yield to her or anyone who's investing in uh, these types of stocks and funds. So to get them that dividend stream that's helping them just withdraw that that money and ideally never actually draw down the account so she's actually ahead of the curve now uh he wrote to me uh, recently she brought him three hundred eighty-seven thousand dollars. her balance has actually grown to three hundred ninety-seven thousand dollars. but for eight months she's taken out the 3k a month so at this rate the way he calculates it the last for 27 years not 10 years the way that we try to think about these yields is we would like to make that capital initial capital last forever. So if you're looking at a five hundred thousand dollar portfolio and you can get a seven percent uh, yield on that, that's where we're looking at maybe a thirty five thousand dollar a year income stream that you can have without touching that portfolio. So uh, the our savvy uh, income seeking grandmother and and her advisor, these are the types that uh, are more dealing with who already are looking for dividends to fund their income streams. They're just not quite sure how to do it because the math doesn't add up. Because as you said, the Barclays, the bond ETFs, they're only paying 3%. You look at blue chips, they're only paying 2 3%. You might start looking at something like AT&T or Verizon paying in the 4 5% range. But you're still having a hard time getting enough dividend income from that initial principle. So that's where we're kind of taking our advisor readers and over the last mile and saying, hey, you're absolutely on the right track. Just don't buy AT&T. Don't buy Verizon. You want to be buying these REITs, these CEFs, these income funds. So, so tell us here, Brett. Now, as you hear all the time, people do not like to see their principal value drop. 
Okay, we, we understand we're, we're investing here for the dividend income, but still when the client gets their account, if she started with 387000 if it goes to 360000 somebody may get a phone call and we're, you know, backing up or making excuses, etc. So tell us, what do you do to try to, and, and we know, for example, REITs, you talk about REITs, they took a big hit the first, uh, you know, six months of the year. So what do you do to see, uh, to, to, to seek REITs that are not going to experience a, at least a significant drawdown in their principal value? What we look for is, and what I look for, is for the REITs who have that dividend that is secure so that the yield is high enough that it's going to support the stock price. So one example of a REIT that we own was Omega Healthcare Investors. So that's attractive to me and our readers from a couple of standpoints. One is that they are a landlord for skilled nursing facilities, which are in higher and higher demand as baby boomers retire. The actual supply, if you look at the supply of SNFs is their acronym, so the supply of skilled nursing facilities across the U.S. is actually declining while the demand for them, as you would imagine, is rising as people need uh, more care as uh, specialized uh, types of nursing care as they get older. So OHI being the largest landlord, largest publicly traded uh, REIT in the country, they're in a pretty good position there long term. They've got this demographic boom uh, that's lifting them. What's helping them out in the short term is that they've paid 8 9 even 10%. So the stock did sell off along with the other uh, REITs in the sector, but the thing was paying 10% earlier in the year. So that did help support the stock price as it went from 30 down to the 26, 25 range. Sure, you're down a bit on on that, but you're still looking at the stock that is yielding 10% and has a safe yield that's funded by uh, basically these rent checks that are uh, being cashed. And sure enough, then as uh, investors kind of wake up to that, now you look up and the stock is back up around that $30 range. So that's what we do. It doesn't mean that we can't see a dip ever. And to your point, sure, people are always uncomfortable whenever they see a loss, even if it's a paper loss. But that's what we look for is the security of that dividend because you know that as long as that dividend is secure, the stock price is going to come back because we're, it's just it's too good of a deal. It's too good of a deal for a company like that to be paying 10% in a 2 to 3% world like this. So, uh, Brett, to, to change the focus a little bit here, I, I've read a lot of your stuff. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, you also claim that for equity value, that companies that actually have consistent and increasing dividends actually have outperformed on the principal value side than companies that do otherwise. And so not only do these uh, recommendations that you make uh, pay out these significant dividends, but they typically will rise in price better than their contemporaries who are not increasing their dividends or at least paying out those dividends. So tell us about that. Right. That's the trick, Charlie. So there's always a little bit of a trade-off between the current yield that you're seeing and uh, the dividend growth. So oftentimes, if you're looking for a big current yield, which is what attracts people, if you see something paying 6 7 8%, you say, hey, uh, how could you go wrong there? Well, you're going to get 6 7 8%. These might be slower growers in terms of their 
dividends. Uh, still, if we look at a, a, a stock, look at another REIT, Medical Properties Trust is one, and, and Charlie, you might have read this uh, in some of uh, my REIT coverage. They run hospitals, so uh, they own hospitals. They're the biggest uh, operator of hospitals in the REIT uh, space. So what could be more recession-proof than hospitals, right? They're not going away. So MPW has paid 7 to 8% on a current yield basis, but has also uh, tended to raise its dividend by about 5% a year. So when you add the two together, that's the return that you've gotten over the last few years, and that's what you can continue to expect to get from a stock like MPW, where you get 7 8% a year in cash, and you get an additional 5% kicker as the uh, yield rises, as the dividend rises. The reason that that happens is when when they raise the dividend, all of a sudden the stock yields more, and then slowly, and, and it's more slow than you would think, but investors do eventually bid that stock price up. And the dividend tends to act as a magnet where it does uh, pull the stock price up after it. So one of the tricks, if you're looking to actually make some real money with dividend stocks, is to not worry as much about the current yield, but look at that what that annual growth is. So if you can find, and there are companies out there that are raising these dividends by 15, 20% or more per year, and that's what we focus on in our hidden yield service and portfolio is focusing on those companies that may only pay a 1% or 2% current yield, but if you're going to get 20, 25% a year uh, dividend growth, then you're going to get a stock price that goes up at that amount. And at the end of the day, you can uh, you can kind of uh, live off of that if you're uh, making the price gain. So that's how we've managed that portfolio, and that's actually delivered 23% annualized return since inception three years ago, which means you basically doubled your money. And the reason you've doubled your money is that the companies that we've owned have doubled their dividends in a three-year period. So that's been the secret there. And I think that's uh, kind of an underappreciated strategy that dividend investors can use to make some nice money, just buying safe dividend stocks where they got a nice, well-funded dividend and all they're doing is raising that payout like crazy every year. So who is it that uh, takes your services? Are these institutions? Are they mutual funds? Are they advisors? Are they retail investors? Who are they? Majority are retail investors, so folks who are managing their own money, and they're making their own decisions, and then they're looking at our portfolios, so our contrarian income report portfolio focused on more of that current yield, so if they're looking for taking that pile of money that they got today and seeing how they can get maybe 7% with a little bit more up price upside. Uh, they're looking there uh, to the dividend growth focused hidden yields portfolio if they're looking for some more upside. So mostly the retail investors doing their own thing. We do have money managers uh, like your uh, folks like yourself on the kind of on that leading edge of dividend thinking who are also put, basically doing the same thing, just putting their clients into uh, these stocks and funds. So let's change the subject a little bit here, uh, Brett, and we really appreciate your, your openness and uh, transparency. What would you say is the best advice you've ever heard, read, or received about investing? The best advice that I've heard has been on the dividend growth side. I, I remember reading, and I think it was Dan Ferris who runs the value product for Stansbury Research. And it was the first time I remember reading and articulating uh, that if you're looking to see what a stock is going to return over a multi-year period, you just take its dividend and you add in its dividend growth. And it was 
he he might have talked about buybacks also a pretty obvious thing but i've never i never actually seen it laid out like that and that's exactly how i found found it to work and i've also heard it mentioned ed uh, yardini the economist i heard him mention on a, in a similar uh, podcast interview he said if he was young he had some money all he would buy is just dividend growers just companies that raise that dividend every year so um it's kind of an underappreciated nuance but i've read it and heard it in a couple of places and that kind of has helped me crystallize uh, the focus on that type of strategy you know brett we really appreciate that we've asked that question (laughs) many many times and uh really you're the first one to come up with uh a response having to do with with, with specific dividends like that and 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 those specific succinct uh ideas and thoughts uh, because people are typically focused on equity increase in uh, the value of the stock and to focus on those dividends. Yeah, there are people who, who do dividend investing, but you're somewhat out of the box on that with these REITs and closed-end funds, etc. And uh, we really appreciate that input for, for our listeners. So a question we like to ask all of our guests here, what keeps you awake at night, Brett, besides wildfires these days? Sure, yeah, so... We have been closing our windows at night. We do have a nine-month-old at home, so she does a really good job of keeping us awake at night. They do so that. They do the, that, Brett. I would give her yeah, first, second, and third place. Uh, currently, our three-year-old's doing a better job of uh, sleeping, sleeping through. What I focus most of my, I guess, quote-unquote, worrying time on, since I don't really have time to, to worry at night, it's on the. It's looking at the dividends, Charlie, and looking out into the future. So if you're looking at the current for high current yield, what I spend my time looking at and quote unquote worrying about is where is that next dividend payment coming from? Is it if it's a REIT? Is it well funded by uh, cash flow? Funds from operations is kind of the metric FFO that they look at for a fund. Is it funded by their investment income or are they making money on the gains? Because in the current yield situation, it's the it's a cut. That's the thing that will hurt you. You don't need to worry about the day-to-day price movements unless you're looking at the price movement and saying, hey, is there something that I'm missing on the dividend side? And it's the same on the dividend growth side where you're looking at something. There you got a little more leeway because on a dividend grow, you're not as likely to see a cut. So the downside might be if a, if a dividend grower slows its growth. So we're always kind of looking out into the future on that, the dividend stuff, looking past the current yield, which I think is what makes this approach uh, more unique and also frees you from having to look at the stare at the tickers every day. Yeah, no question about it. So uh, the, the other question we'd like to ask all of our guests, what book on investing would you recommend for our listeners here, Brad? So I got one that I did uh, dig up that was uh, pretty unique. I haven't heard it talked about elsewhere, although it's got good reviews on Amazon. So it's called... This is the only time, Charlie, I've read the dividend plus the yield plus the dividend growth thing articulated. So it's a guy, Lowell Miller is his name. The book is called The Single Best Investment, Creating Wealth with Dividend Growth. Interesting thing is it was published in 1999 when people probably care less about the dividends. And he made the case that, hey, right, yeah. So he was the contrarian of his day and made the case and said, hey, you got to look at the current yield. You got to look at where the dividend is growing. That's going to be your return. So this, uh, the tech stuff, it's going to come down, and people are going to refocus on dividends. And I mean, if he wasn't right on that one, but that was that's the most that I've ever seen that dividend growth uh, 
math on investing uh, outline, and he, he, he does a very good job outlining it uh, first uh, two-thirds of the book. Okay, thank you. And uh, again, uh, that's a first for us. We have not heard of, uh, of him before. So for those who would like to know more, give them some contact information, will you? Sure, you bet. So our website and uh, lots of goodies there, free reports you can sign up for. We've got a free daily newsletter that we send out. You get income ideas, you get dividend growth ideas. So contrarianoutlook.com is the uh, website. So contrarianoutlook.com will get you there. little contact us link if you want to give a call or send an email for additional information on the premium publications as well. So that's where we manage uh, the two portfolios that we discussed, the one for focused on high current yield and then another one focused on making money uh, buying the dividend growers. Okay, so final words for our listeners here, Brett. Final words, Charlie. I think if you can uh, dial into the, the cash flow investing that we're talking about and just focus on the dividend income and the growth of that, I think it gets you out of that day-to-day of having to stare at the tickers and the, the buy and hope strategy that you mentioned. So it's a more uh, p- better peace of mind in this uh, way, and I, I think it's, I found it to be more profitable as well. So if you can just focus on that dividend income, I think it helps free you up from a lot of the day-to-day noise that we all hear about in the markets. Brett, thank you very much. We really appreciate you joining us today and expressing your thoughts and, again, uh, being so transparent. And our best wishes to you and for your continuing uh, research publishing that uh, continues to go well for you. Thank you very much. Well, thank you, Charlie. Thanks again for having me on. Again, we've been talking with Brett Owens, research firm publishing a research on investing for income with the Contrarian Outlook and Hidden Yields uh, newsletters, uh, speaking to us from Sacramento, California. And you've been listening to Strategic Investor Radio on OC Talk Radio. We'd love to have you contact us at info at strategicinvestorradio.com. You can go to our website to hear podcasts of all of our interviews and shows, strategicinvestorradio.com. I'm Charlie Wright, wishing you an enjoyable week and productive investing.